On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, election season has come and gone. We've got a whole lot of losers, including the New Orleans Pelicans, including the New Orleans Saints, including us sticking with our mayor and our former mayor handing out $1 trillion worth of money. You're going to want to stick around. We might give you some of that trillion right here, Polk and Kush. Catch these hands, you're about to get Come everyone to Poke and Kush. It is Wednesday, November 17th, 2021, and we're nearing, or are we in, the holiday season. Yeah, it's the holiday season. Yeah. Even though I wore a jacket outside today and thought I was going to melt. <laughs> we had gotten like a nice taste of real fall weather. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, it's the upper 70s. This isn't, it's nice, but it's not fall. Yeah, it looked like I was hiding because my office is two degrees. <laughs> so I was wearing a jacket. And when I went outside, people thought I was like an, an FBI informant. And they're like, why the fuck is this guy wearing a jacket in the French Quarter? <laughs> Stuff is bursting into flames. I don't know. Is it global warming? Yeah, we'll call it that, right? Sure. Sure. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's November in Louisiana. You never never quite know what you're going to expect. It has been beautiful, though. It was a beautiful weekend outside of, you know, all of the sports. Uh, but beyond that, everything was very good here. Uh, it feels like we are, uh, you know, in a really good place, believe it or not. After all the shitting and whining and everything that we've done for as long as we have, I feel like we've gone a couple of weeks now where it's been like things are open, people aren't in masks, there's no giant hurricane coming at us. That's like, true. It just feels like things are like uh, pretty good. Yeah, the water, um, you haven't had to boil the water for a little <laughs> while. Um I don't know. I might not be on the same page with you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because I've been watching the news. Yeah, I know. I, I've, I'm too busy to watch the news. Yeah. What, has things been happening that I'm unaware of? Just a lot of uh, crime, oh, I think, yeah. would be the, the word for it. Yeah. A I, lot of... I've removed myself. I used to worry about that. Yeah. I was like, I'm just... That happened to somebody else. There's a lot of... <laughs> like, I feel bad for them. But Somebody stole our company car the other day <laughs> Jesus from Christ. in front of the building. What? They stole the car? Yeah, and it's it has our name on it, so it's easy <laughs> to find. I was just like, man, I'm glad they didn't get me. I mean... That's right in front of the business, too. That's like with people who steal like the Domino's delivery, you know? It's like, yeah, it seems pretty easy, Yeah, man. at least take the sign off. Like, uh, yeah, I'm driving a sheepdog. Uh, <laughs> that the, the, you might be able to find that one pretty easily. Uh, Imagine if Mr. Okra got carjacked. Uh, I'm, I'm confident it happened once. Probably. He carried a lot of cash. Yeah. <laughs> This is not a stolen vehicle. Please do not pull me over. It is, dude. The Children's Museum has a Mr. Okra display, and it is literally the truck, and you hit buttons, and it's him going, 
I got onions. I got eating pears. <laughs> like, yeah, what else do you do with a pear? I never understood why he said eating pears. <laughs> and so my kids just go in there and hit the buttons all like for 40 minutes of just listening to Mr. Okra say various fruits. So basically the exhibit at the museum is that keychain they used to sell at the grocery store yes. with all the Mr. Okra saying. <laughs> yes, like the Mr. T keychain, yes. Oh, yeah. The uh, Ray Nagin in your pocket, they had that one too. Um so, yeah, we went to the Houston Children's Museum, and theirs is like a real grocery store, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like where uh, adults with jobs go in, and they uh, buy produce that's fresh, and you uh, show them, like, a fake credit card. Like, the Houston one is very much, like, built for adults. And then you go to the New Orleans Children's Museum, and it's just uh, Mr. Okra's truck. <laughs> kids love old. Mr. Okra. <laughs> you know what kids love? Fruits and vegetables. <laughs> And then it's like the, the, you know, the, don't talk to strangers and they're like, unless they're giving you something out of their vehicle. It's like, no, that's worse. There's a 400 pound man uh, yelling into the world's oldest PA system (laughs) about what almost expired fruit he has in his truck. Oh, I miss you, Mr. Okra. RIP. How no one really took the mantle of that, huh? I don't think so. That uh, saltwater taffy guy is still trucking around <laughs> with his horse. We do. We were trick or treating, and somebody gave us a stick of Roman candy. That guy's got to be a drug front because it's still like one thing that Sleepy Joe's inflation hasn't gotten to <laughs> yes. is the stick candy. It's still two cents. There are three things that have cost the exact same since I was in high school, which is the streetcar has been a dollar twenty five. Roman candy, I think, is two bucks or dollar fifty, and an eighth of weed. The last time I checked, caused the exact same amount that it did when I was in high school. Now I haven't bought that in a while, but it hadn't changed in a significant amount of time. Yeah, I think Miss Mays. Well, before the new fancy new Miss Mays, maybe that was like the same price for a long time, but. Times are changing. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a couple of things that you can hang your hat on. Uh, one place that you can't hang your hat on is your local teams here in New Orleans. It was a uh, another difficult week, a brutal week in some ways. Let's get started with the Pelicans. Uh, kind of the bread and butter on this show. Obviously, I watched all of the games. Were you able to watch both games the weekend and then the uh, El Colapso on Monday night? I did. I endured both games. Well, I watched one game, and I endured another game. <laughs> yes. Uh, that Wizards game on Monday was like everything that you hate about watching this team. That was a game where... I had the two screen setup going, uh-huh. and by the fourth quarter, the big screen was on something else, <laughs> and the small screen was on, you know, the big screen. I'm watching Tommy Boy for the 500th time. Little screen. I'm, I've, I'm like, I've seen this one 500 times too. <laughs> no, and uh, believe me, I, I, this one's more predictable than that <laughs> one. Uh, the Pelicans, and, and for those of you who uh, d- decided to use your Monday night, not self-immolating. Uh, the Pelicans were up by 21, I believe, uh, in the second half against the Wizards. Uh, they fell apart, did not score from the 650 mark to like the 102 mark of the fourth quarter. Uh, outscored by, you know, to the point where uh, the Wizards actually covered. 
uh, the four and a half point spread. And, you know, not that I had gambled against the Pelicans. I would never do that. Uh, I like the gambling turn the show yeah. has taken. The DraftKings <laughs> has really brought it out in us. Yes, I would never, uh, I would never gamble against Pelicans. Uh, it was just a, a nightmare. And in a lot of ways, it came down to Brandon Ingram. The worst thing that Brandon Ingram does is try to control games in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and uh, we haven't even mentioned Brandon Ingram came back. Yes. So that was a big deal. Uh, and another factor in that Washington game is Bradley Beal not even playing. Yeah, and neither was Rui Hachimura, who's their uh, second best player. Yeah, so without their two best players, uh-huh. Pelicans up by 20-21 yep. in the second half, mm-hmm. not just the second quarter. And then, uh, what do they call him? Showtime Brandon Ingram. He's going to show up in that fourth quarter. Brandon Ingram missed his first seven three-pointers. Something like that. Yeah. And that's not good. Uh, no. He also, in that stretch between... So it was a... The, the lead had already evaporated because, mm-hmm. you know, they were playing badly. And then in the stretch from like the six-minute mark or the five-minute mark to the three-minute mark. I looked this up. From the five-minute mark to the three-minute mark, he missed five jump shots. The game was either tied or within two points. He missed brick, 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 five bricks. That kills you. It just absolutely, you cannot win that way. And it's not the first time he's done this. No, it's it's not... uh you know, an example of him coming back and maybe being a little rusty because we've seen it before when he's been perfectly healthy. Yes. I think, uh, you know, that initial sheen of the Memphis game coming back was like, all right, we're kind of seeing what this team is at least supposed to be doing. Yes. A quality win against a quality opponent, and the team sure as hell needed it. Maybe confidence is the wrong word, but Mm -hmm. it was some relief. And to uh, have that wither away almost uh, instantly <laughs> in the most Pelicans fashion. Uh, yeah. You know, that that really takes the wind out of your sails for the 17th time this season. <laughs> if there's any wind left, a little gust had started to build up after beating Memphis and taking a 20-point lead. And uh, and then, yeah, it, it's gone. And it, it I think... It's compound because we saw this so often last season where they gagged away leads and gagged away fourth quarters. And it just has reached a point where it's like, well, Brandon Ingram is definitely part, a huge part of the foundation of this team. I don't think you can blame what happened on Monday is one of the few times where you can't really point at it and go like, well, Zion was there, whatever. I don't, uh, they should be able to hold a 20 point lead against the team that Washington had available no matter what, uh, they should be able to score in the fourth quarter some way, shape, or form. The you can Brandon Ingram. This is a problem. He's like a twenty-eight percent shooter in clutch situations for three years now. It is a problem. He is bad at this, and I don't know how it gets better unless he decides to take himself off the reins of of, of situations like that. There's just no next man up whenever you need a jump shot on this team. With Zion or not, like you said, that game, I think, probably would have played out the same way with Zion on the court. It definitely could And that doesn't say a lot. (laughs) No, no. And uh, do you think, though, part of it is just they don't have a point guard? 
and it's just they have nowhere to go offensively. And so that therefore it just turns into Brandon Ingram taking jumpers. Yeah, and I mean that works against some teams and when the shots are falling, you know, this worked with Lonzo Ball last year. Yeah. When Lonzo Ball's shots were falling, the the team would normally lose by a few points mm-hmm. instead of yeah. twenty. <laughs> They would lose late instead of early, yes. And there's just nobody this year. You know, this is a question we've asked before. Who's the point guard in this team? Do we have any more answers? Yeah. You know, however many games in the season we're at, it doesn't, uh-huh. uh, you know, I guess Zion is the point guard is and, the answer to that question. Yeah, and so that has to be because, like, <clears throat> putting the ball for, for a long time, they were just getting annihilated in the second half. And it was like, oh, well, they have no nowhere to turn. And now it's like you have an all-star in Brandon Ingram to turn to, but he cannot lead the offense. He cannot uh, – he's not a creator. He's a shot maker. He is a scorer, but he really can't be the tip of the spear, so to speak, in terms of the, the attack for this team because no one sort of comes up behind him. There's no one – no one's getting better because Brandon Ingram has the ball in his hands. And that is inherently a problem when he's missing shots that he probably could and should make, but he's taking difficult shots in big situations and he's just bad at it. And now to, you know, we're throwing two years worth of problems onto one game, but it is, uh, it was emblematic of how his career has been here. And that is more problematic than just losing a game. Yeah, and uh, is there any solution to this within this team currently with who's on it, who's coaching it, and the upcoming schedule? Yeah, I don't. I mean, doesn't no. seem like it, right? No, it doesn't. Until you get Zion back, and we got a little update on that today. Zion is uh, doing one-on-one drills. So we got his scans back. He's doing one-on-one. So the Pelicans will be petitioning the NBA to play one-on-one uh, <laughs> for the rest of the season. The Pelicans will uh, do their best to, you know, give everyone. They're doing horse at the all-star break now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. That bodes well. <laughs> Seems like exactly. Maybe they can, you know, do, they can do something. If we make... can get up to a two, maybe a two-man thing, then it could be like an NBA jam situation. That'd be entertaining. Yeah. I think that'd be more fun than watching what we're currently watching. Or maybe you can just have Zion out there and no one guards him. <laughs> He's one man. Like, hey, we got to play him. We got one guy. We have one guy. You can't touch him. You can't maybe put him in like a hamster ball so nobody can get to him. The American Gladiator uh, sphere. Yeah, put him in the hamster ball. Yeah. Put him in the bubble boy thing. Something's got to give. When they sent out the update today, it was like... Now, what was the update? You said there was an email of some sort. What was, was this email? The email. You want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me find it. I mean, you don't have to read it. You can just give me the... I got no email. Okay. Well, the, oh, you must not be in the media. No. Uh, Zion Williamson medical update. The New Orleans Pelicans announced today forward Zion Williamson, in case you didn't know, mm-hmm. has been cleared to participate in contact drills. That sounds good. Beginning with one-on-one workouts and progressively working toward full team workouts. Then went on to say uh, that he will have another set of scans on November 24th. And these one-on-one drills, they are with Al Copeland? (laughs) 
They didn't say who the other one is. Uh-oh. One versus a uh, inflatable sex doll. Yeah. Felipe is he one guy? Wands. <laughs> uh, I mean. <laughs> The Burger King. Oh, <laughs> crap. Wendy? Um, Zion. I mean, that's... Zion's going to be out there with the Hamburglar doing <laughs> shooting drills. <laughs> it, look, it's it's progress. Progress for the sake of progress, I suppose, is something like... It, 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 it's just so incremental. And it's it, it becomes like... I think it's a positive to get any... You know, for momentum, because I am such a pessimistic person that my head was like, well, he's probably never going to play basketball again, uh, at least here. For this team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, well, if you were talking about, you know, in two weeks that maybe he's ready to come back to practice, that seems like it'd be a good thing and participating again. But like, it's just it's a it's a really gradual, slow build to an injury that we still, you know. Somewhere in our heads, we're going like, "Oh yeah, he should have been back opening night." Well, the next well, issue, that was realistic or not, the the next thing is going to be, well, you know, is whatever's healed, is he in any condition to be on the court beyond his him not injured? Yeah, you know, that's going to be the next question. Yeah, and how much are people willing to put up with? I know because step one, right, is the bone has to heal. Yeah, which that clearly is not happening, right? And then once the bone heals, then he has to meet all the health metrics and the conditioning metrics on top of that. And it seems difficult to get there until the, but like it's, there's a chicken egg thing going on uh, in this little death cycle that we're in. What if Zion started smoking? (laughs) Wouldn't that just like make sense with this team? (laughs) People are like, yeah, we caught Zion smoking. Just in the bathroom. I could see that happening with this team and this team only. <laughs> Is that like a 26 a day habit? You know, it'd be like those old video, like Bart Starr in the locker room at halftime, just ripping heaters. Yeah. Just let him smoke. And a Budweiser. Uh, let's get to that point and just let him do it. Just let him do it. I, I, in all, I take an update like that as a good thing because I think it means he's actually going to play. Do they send emails like that uh, with any frequency? Uh, not really. Usually with this Zion thing, they've kind of given updates whenever those medical scans come back. And so this is the third update we've gotten. None of them are like, what a unbelievable amount of progress. It's all like, hey, he's, he's doing a little more. But at least a little more is a little more. I mean, I honestly worried that by the time he comes, by the time he's ready to play, he's almost going to be like, why am I going to play for a team that's 3-25? and 25? Mm-hmm. I think that's the big concern right now. And that's why games like Monday are so debilitating because it's like all you really have to do is stay within arm's reach of that 10th seed and you at least will be able to motivate him to get back on the floor. And every game you lose and every game you get closer to being the worst goddamn team in the NBA becomes harder to do that. Yeah, and is this team going to want to play with Zion whenever he gets back and they're 25 games back? And what is there to lose at that point? You know, your health, another Mm -hmm. injury, uh, all sorts of bad things. What is there to gain? Maybe a 10th seed. Almost certainly a knockout if you do get the tenth seed. Yeah, yeah, and for what? Exactly. 
And that's like you're chasing the 10th seed. You've got to make up a lot of ground. You have to play better than they've ever played for three years. That's the end of play at that place to get the 10th seed. So it's like, I, I, it just, it's, it's, I, I hope, I hope they're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> I'd like them to try. And that's, but ultimately, yeah, but that's like why you watch Monday. You're like, okay, so they won Saturday. If they win Monday, like you're not saying they have to, you know, get themselves back to 500. They just need to like keep within arm's reach of, you know, three, four games back of the 10 seed by the time Zion comes back, and then you can really make a move. Instead, you you know, games like that, you're like, Jesus Christ, they could be like eight games out of the 10 spot before he's ever back. And then look, what a disaster. You can't make that up. Like, no. that's crazy. So unless you're really, really, really good, and guess what? They're not going to be really, really good. They never were really, really good. They were just okay. Uh, so this is a, a challenging period. I do now, though, after reading that, I do think Zion is going to play. I think it's going to be in December, but I think he's going to play. Yeah, December is coming up relatively quick. I don't know how many games until he will be back. Probably at least eight or nine. Yeah. Um, Are they going to go 50-50 in those eight or nine games? No. No. Are they going to win two of them? Maybe. (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm like. That's why you cannot let those games slip away. I mean, I just I try and put myself like in their shoes and for Brandon Ingram to come back and get a little momentum in Memphis, you know, against Memphis in New Orleans. You're like, yeah, okay, maybe things are on the right track. Yeah. And then just to groundhog day it all over again. Yeah. Against a surprisingly okay team missing good players. How do you sh- how do you clock in the next morning? Yeah, like if 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 I had like that kind of defeat that constantly that assuredly, and then have two dopes on a podcast in a in a beer themed studio saying, yeah, there's no reason to even try. I wouldn't try. You yeah. know, I guess that's why I work at Dillard's, and these guys make a lot of money and are super athletes, but it's just, you know, it's, it's beyond like being upset about the situation. It's just seeing it for what it is. and being like, well, you know, God bless you. Yeah. Um, it's getting harder for me to watch the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because of fucking Bally sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the second determining factor there is the Pelicans playing. There's a lot of nihilism. That creeps in mm-hmm. with the, dealing with this team. You just kind of wish the NBA season was like 45 games. Yeah. It would just make it really easier. It's so many games. It's so much the same shit. Uh, Bally Sports yesterday. I mean, the score bug going out in a tie game with three and a half minutes left is fucking incredible. That was... I didn't see that because I was watching like the you know Eurovision feed. <laughs> from the Afghanistan animation. <laughs> there. <laughs> you're watching iran tv <laughs> i was watching Qaddafi vision and they show the pelicans games because you know it's uh, i think they show it to prisoners over there it's in the abu grave yeah if you try, if you try and break out of abu grave they make you watch your pelicans game it's on like the private services network <laughs> Guantanamo Bay's number one team, the New Orleans Pelicans. 
<laughs> I, I saw a tweet uh, from a, a friend. And he lives in Denver now, and he went to a Nuggets game, and he's like, I've only ever seen the Pelicans play before. This feels like I'm watching the Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Valley Sports, the, the scoreboard just stopped with four minutes left. Just They just like went off the screen, and then at one point, you could tell they were trying to troubleshoot it or whatever, and it popped up, and it was like two-thirds of the screen. It was so big, and it was like, they were like, ah, shit, take it back down. There was like two seconds. They put it back up. They're like, oh, we got it wrong again, and then they take it back down, and then it finally came back on. You know, the game was basically over. Yeah. I was like, this is... Dumb. They've got Minesweeper up there. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, some guys in the back just eating raisins, like, face oh, yeah. on the wall. Like, he doesn't give a shit. This is the labor shortage. <laughs> <laughs> can't fire him <laughs> that's gotta be like you know steve bally's like grandson that's good at computers i promise he's really good he fixed my vcr uh, yeah man it's just uh, a, a lot of times it just feels like a bit of a gong show and <laughs> it's it's a clown show and you know I, d I don't feel like that negative i don't feel like this is the worst thing ever it just kind of feels like well it's over yeah it kind of just feels like it's over. I know. I'll continue to watch and have a good time, yeah. but my emotions are not as connected to it as they were when there was uh, hope. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to have to earn that hope back. So we'll see what happens over the next week uh, with Brandon Ingram back. They've got some opportunities to win some games. Uh, we'll obviously keep track of Zion Williamson, but we have a whole lot more to talk about on this show. Of course, we couldn't escape the fun. We've got a, a debilitating, crippling loss for the New Orleans Saints as well to talk about. Plus, we've got, hey, local news. That's always uplifting. And, of course, your favorite segment. So stick around. We'll be right back right here. Polk and Kush. And now a word from our friends at DraftKings. NFL fans. Hungry for a big win this week? Hungry. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Oh, I can't believe I had to say that. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers, which is everyone in this state, a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now on your Android, on your iPhone, on your Cricket, on your Boost, on your whatever, and use promo code KUSH, K-U-S-H. I wanted promo code, code Polk, and they told me no. <laughs> promo code KUSH. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. Don't bet it on the Saints to win their game, but any other one will be fine. And you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code KUSH this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Here's my micro machine voice. 
Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Woo! That is a sponsor. $5. That's pretty good. I got $5. I don't. I just bought a bunch of NFTs. <laughs> I just bought a lot of chicken sandwiches that also cost I just bought a I had a chicken sandwich experience. Dude, it's so good. It's crazy. I have one like once a month at Popeye's Chicken Sandwich. And I'm always like, how is this a thing that's just sitting out here every day? My experience was uh, the opposite. And it's not my experience. It was my girlfriend's. I sent her to Popeye's. Okay. And she's in there during the Saints game. 20-minute wait to get to the, the box. She places the order. Uh-huh. Another 10 minutes to get to the window. They've got the food. They're holding it. She hands them the card, and they're like, cash only. That's amazing. No, Nobody had bothered to say that. No sign. No, no sign. No piece of paper. <laughs> nothing on the... And this is a scam that places do to steal money. Yeah. Like, there are bars and stuff in the French well, Quarter sure. that do this, and they'll be like, oh, our credit card machine's broken. Yeah. That'll be $70 for a Bud Light. This is what the Popeyes is doing. <laughs> I think they probably just lost internet. There's no way. I don't think so. They could have pulled out the old thing where you slid the, you remember that? The, the, the carbon yes. copy? Oh, yeah. I went somewhere recently at a ticket booth. I think it was for Tulane. I, I bought tickets at this the This is still gate. the DraftKings yeah. ad, by the way. <laughs> I bought tickets at the gate, and they were like, we don't have a credit card machine. I had to type in all of the numbers. They had to type in the 16 numbers, the expiration. It's for every person who bought a ticket. I was like, you guys. What are you doing? I was like, this is, you're at the ticket booth. This isn't like some random like thing that's occurring. I was like, this is what you do all day. I don't know, man. It's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, moving into uh, the Saints game. Uh, very uplifting message. As uplifting as not having a uh, credit card. Is having to watch the Saints every week. Uh, that was a real kick in the nards. No other way to put it. The, the losses this year have been, outside the Carolina game, the other three losses have been just an absolute gut punch, one at the other. Yeah, and if it was a kick in the nards, unless Brian Johnson was doing it, in which case he would have missed the kick. He would have missed all the nards. What are you, a little rascal, nards? Brian Johnson, get out of this set. Is he, how is he still on the team? I can't believe it. I looked it up today, and he was still on the team. It's incredible. And his Wikipedia has not been vandalized. <laughs> Dude, to miss two extra points. Three in a row. Three in a counting row. Counting the previous game. Yeah, so he lost that game, too, because the Saints would have had not had to be you know, dealing with two-point conversions in that game. That also would have helped against Atlanta. And instead he goes out and misses two against the Titans. And the Saints, of course, missed the two-point conversion. Could you believe the Saints haven't gotten a two-point conversion in three years? I can absolutely believe that. <laughs> I can remember every single one that they missed. We used to be so good at them because Lance Moore would do that little uh, like three yard out, and he caught every single pass, and it was like every they, it worked every single time. It was like a cheat play in Madden or something, and now they have absolutely no one to throw the fucking ball to, 
and it's a uh, uh, and they're not they're, they're not even close. No, like these two point plays are not like oh someone's open and dropped the ball or like someone slipped. It's literally always just like this play had no chance from the second it was snapped, and it, how that's your design on the two yard line is it's fucking infuriating, man. Troutman. What a loser. Are huh? you listening, Troutman? What I mean, this guy's got to be just public enemy number one now, right? Yeah, it's a good thing no one has any idea what he looks like. <laughs> if you just see like a 6'4 white guy somewhere, be like, hey, Troutman. Honest to God, in this city, how many in-shape 6'4 white guys are there? 10? Counting me, 11? <laughs> If you see someone well dressed walking down the street who's six four and uh, and Caucasian, just assume that and throw something at him. There's no way he's walking around well dressed. He's walking around like you know when the Ninja Turtles are walking around, (laughs) they wear like the Dick Tracy hat and the overcoat. He's gonna be walking like that everywhere. There's no way he lives in New Orleans. He's got a I don't know, maybe helicopters in with Sean Payton from Dallas on the weekends. Not anymore. He would get kicked off the copter. Uh, what loser, a, what loser a, of the week. What a loser, man. He jumps off sides on the two-point conversion. Just He doesn't really provide them much of anything. I think he's had a couple nice run blocks, I guess. And he's a good blocking tight end, yeah. which, uh, you know, who gives a shit? Yeah, <laughs> well, nobody else could block, so, you know, yeah. it's like... Uh, it was a very... It was a game that felt like the Saints were going to lose. And now, listen... Here's the part that bothered me the most, okay? Uh, and this is from me coming from my cynical seat or whatever. The reaction to the loss is not that the Saints totally gagged an incredibly winnable opportunity. The Titans are playing without Derrick Henry. They did not play particularly well. The Saints fumbled a kickoff. They missed two extra points. They did a lot of self-inflicted shit to lose the game. And the first thing that I read about after the game is that it was the refs who cost them the game. Yeah. That play happened in the second fucking quarter. This isn't the the NFC Championship game where it's like I can make a direct link to be like, okay, that literally cost them the game. Was it a terrible call, the roughing the passer? Absolutely. Cost them the game? Come on. I they mean, cost themselves the game. The the Saints, you know, have a pendulum with that roughing the passer. They got a few breaks against Tampa Bay. Yeah, and there was a ridiculous holding call in the end zone of the Titans that didn't make any sense. That Yeah, that seemed to be like, a, okay, guys, we'll help yeah. you out here. And kind guess of what? The Saints didn't score after it. Right. The, the loss relies solely on the shoulders of Brian Laundrie. What's his name? Brian Johnson <laughs> and uh, Troutman. I've been and Deontay Harris, who had a nice game otherwise, but fumbled a freaking kickoff. You know, Deontay's problem every week is that he won't grow four inches. <laughs> That's what Other we than need. that, we need. He's so good at so many things. Is there any rule against like wearing platform cleats? <laughs> they had like the half inch cleats because I guess they have a slippery field. Yeah, could we have given him like four inch cleats? I think that would have been good. Like fold those blades that you do to aerate your lawn. Yeah, yeah, you could have done that. <laughs> you know, gotten a little boost. He needs to talk to Nikhil about how to grow in the off season. <laughs> oh man, that was so. Annoying, because it again, as I've said a thousand times in the show, I don't think the Saints are that good. But then you look at it and you go like, 
they could very, very realistically be like eight and one. Mm-hmm. It is bonkers to think about. But they gagged away the game against the Giants in the fourth quarter. They they came all the way back against Atlanta only to blow that one in the very end, a game that they, they could have had wrapped up had they done two or three things differently very late. And the Titans game, where if they literally just make extra points, they probably win. They, I mean, it's like the the they're so right there on the cusp of competing with every single one of these teams. And you go like, well, this is just like incredibly frustrating because I, I actually think they would be have a, a really good record right now, even though I don't think that, that could have a team. Yeah, I I don't know um, how much I would be excited if the Saints were eight and one currently, because you would. Yeah, the, I guess the Saints would be able to close out games and maybe the receivers hold on to some balls so you have more confidence in the team. Yeah. But I think overall we would be going, this is kind of a glass 8-1 and one team. Sure. You know, kind of like a Steelers from a couple seasons That's ago. True. Yeah. That kind of thing. You know, I, I wouldn't be brimming with confidence. I feel like it would be somewhere around the same level currently. Maybe lower because I feel like we're using up all of our luck winning these four you know, first nine games. Yeah. Basically, you know, everybody in the NFC South except Carolina lost on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's about as good as it can get. And uh, beyond that. Yeah, man. The first quarter, people were catching the ball, holding on to it a little bit. Yeah. And then the, I guess the hands were getting that slippery grass <laughs> all over them. that doesn't affect the Titans for some reason. <laughs> And they were just dropping left and right after that. But, I mean, really, we just need to keep going back to what a loser Troutman is. He's a loser. And Marshawn Lattimore did that thing again where he's not playing a high-profile receiver, so he looks like he's half asleep out there. And the same guy who can lock down Mike Evans and the same guy who can just play these great games, just all of a sudden 30, 40-yard gains all the time. The Saints' defense... Stop telling me they're elite. They're not elite. They can do some stuff. They're pretty good, but they also give up a ton of really big plays that hurt them really badly and end up allowing points. They don't give up a ton of touchdowns, but they do allow points. And they're not like you cannot lean on them the way that you would lean on, you know, a traditional number one level defense. They're not that. They are unquestionably the strength of the team. But you have to do more. Like you have, they have to open it up offensively. Look, man, this the seaman played pretty well. <laughs> I thought he did okay. He did just fine, and he did in the previous game as well. And they do their best in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter when the clock is running down. That's when they seem to be their best. Maybe they need to do that shit more often. I mean, just play was, with a little fire up their ass. Well, that was how Drew Brees was his last two or three seasons. It was like, can we just run the two-minute drill yeah. every minute of the game? This that seems would to be <laughs> the most. Effect. All of a sudden, Marquez Callaway like came to like. I don't think he was on the field the whole game. Then all of a sudden, the last drive, he's just kept catching pass after pass. What what's going on? The Saints are spirits in the night, just floating by. <laughs> like I see Cam Jordan, and they go, "Oh yeah, Cam Jordan's still on the team." Yeah. He's, he does nothing. No. Nothing. Oh, you know, you mentioned like n- really nobody on the Saints side of things mentioned how Derrick Henry was not out there. Yeah, it's 
probably the best player in the NFL. Yeah, and their quarterback still had COVID while he was out there. Yeah, Tannehill was sick. He has COVID. Yeah. I mean, that's a, they're not a good team. Like, with those guys missing. A.J. Brown should, didn't do shit. No. They, sh- they Let me put it this way. They shouldn't be a good team uh, with all that going on. But they are winning games. They're doing basically what the Saints could be doing, which is winning games kind of, you know, by the skin of their teeth every week. Uh, I I just, this game against the Eagles feels very important for the Saints. If they lose this one, you've got Buffalo and Dallas, who are very real deal teams, coming into the Dome and the season kind of possibly slipping away. This is a game the Saints absolutely positively have to win if they want to stay in the hunt for the full season. And uh, it's going to be a lot to ask because they are missing tons of pieces. We know how injured they are and for that reason you can't get that mad at them but it is uh this is going to be the difference of if we enjoy watching december football or we don't and let's not forget how short that week is going into buffalo Mm -hmm. that is four days from sunday yeah uh so if the saints do not win against philadelphia it does not look good against a very good a very explosive a very strong-armed quarterback uh yeah in the dome, you know, it's gonna be a lot of Zubaz pants and Buffalo fans in there. I mean, have you seen the prices for the Cowboys game the next Thursday? No, it's literally like two hundred dollars the cheapest ticket. To so get it's in. back to normal prices just for the Cowboys game, though, because there's so many Cowboys fans there. Gonna be yeah, there. all of Shreveport will be in the dome cheering. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it is like that level again of uh, of Cowboy Nation going to be just just crushing this city. Uh, so. That takes us into, you know, what's going on in this city. And, of course, a little bit of local roundup. Oh, it's J-A-N-S-E, and it's Jansen, Jansen, Patagonal, the realtor, too. The stars, Jansen Patagna, everyone, J-A-N-S-E-N, Jansen Patagna, French Quarter Realty. He is your man, the number one realtor in the entire area, the smartest, handsomest, most devilishly clever, best negotiator out there on God's green earth. And he is, of course, our favorite realtor. What is there to say about Jansen that we haven't said a million times other than he is damn good at what he does? And Polk, he's doing something new, isn't he? He just started a new account, Gulf Coast Listings, for people looking for second homes in Mississippi and other parts of Louisiana. It is on Instagram at Gulf underscore Coast underscore Listings. Is a first showing tomorrow on a house he posted. It's at 8629 Plum Street. Uh, that would be today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., 8629 Plum Street. You can find it on J underscore Patagna on Instagram or his new venture, Gulf underscore Coast underscore Listings. Those of you who live in the city, we all love this place, right? But we also understand that having a second place to go, a place to escape to away from the problems that exist here, 
is great, and there's no place better than that Mississippi Gulf Coast. Jansen locking down the whole region. He knows everything about the home buying process. Please give him a call. Give him an Instagram follow and shoot him an email. Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N, at FQR.com. That's a sponsor. It's a new day in New Orleans. Hope is back. You know, you were saying the city has felt good the last couple weeks. And I think it's because, you know, we were just worried that there was going to be a new crazy mayor. (laughs) You know, the thoughts of that California election was like uh, Gary Coleman and Mary (laughs) Carey and Mushmouth and Uh Scooby-Doo and... We thought that could happen here. Yeah. But uh, Brad Pitt has one mayor. (laughs) He is the new mayor of New Orleans, and he appointed vice mayor as a TD. That's that's what I know her by. Um, LaToya. To everybody else. She's back in. She narrowly beat out the guy who used the Chick-fil-A logo. (laughs) How much money did that guy spend on those signs? And then, like, Rockin' Dopsy? Who is the... some other guy. His name was like Little Boosie. Oh, the uh, the Noonie Man. The Noonie Man. Yeah, the Noonie Man. I think he came in third. <sighs> well, <laughs> we all went and voted, right? Every, everybody? Of course, everybody went. Everybody yeah. went and voted. I voted twice. <laughs> you know, I did the old... I did the same strategy I did to uh, elect Joe Biden. I uh-huh. voted twice. That's right. Used a fake name. That's uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, they'll never catch you in court. Don't worry. No, no. So Latoya's back. <laughs> There's some other people. Who cares? Uh, it boggles the mind that anyone lived here for the last four years, stepped into a voting booth, and was like, "You know what would be a good idea? Incumbents. Every let's just keep everybody in office. They seem to be doing a pretty. I think they just need more time. Yeah. I think everybody." who's working in city government, seems to have their shit together pretty well. More time? How about more money? (laughs) More money? What can we do for them? Somebody stepped in that voting booth. A lot of people stepped in that voting booth and literally thought to themselves, four more years of this. Things are going pretty well. I think the trajectory is right. We just need to give them the opportunity to keep on going. Use that experience. Everything about our city government sucks. We have the worst city government imaginable. Everybody's terrible at their job. No one knows what they're doing. There's a crisis every six minutes. There's things that are so basic like garbage pickup and understanding where construction zones are and knowing what the property taxes are supposed to be and keeping the lights on and not having to boil your water and you know draining the streets. Just incredibly basic things that everyone else in the world gets. And we are like like floored that they can't get it right. And then we're like, well, we don't want to try anybody else. <laughs> I, I don't want a new person to yell at. Let's just yell at the same people. So well, everybody printed up those t-shirts, the Latoya, <laughs> the destroyer t-shirts. And then he didn't just want to throw those away. Oh, Cause if man. they did throw them away, no one would ever fucking pick them up. <laughs> I mean, who, there was no viable candidate. There was no, no. viable opponent. No. Who do you think got written in? Who was like the best <laughs> the, write-in the candidate? Of, yeah. I wrote in uh, Dan Stein. 
It's like, well, he's a dick. He can go in there and, you know, whip this city into shape. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, it wasn't just her, right? It was like a couple count, like uh, Helena Moreno won and Joe Jerusalem, like with like huge portions of the vote. And like, again, I'm not even saying that these people individually deserve to lose to whoever they're running against. I just couldn't vote for a single incumbent in that booth. Yeah. Like, fuck all of these people. They're all bad. They're all part of the problem. Like, if you were there during all of this as it's going on, you are part of the problem. And there's somebody else. Let somebody else be part of the new problem. Because I just can't get over how bad the city functions and how everyone's like, all right, well, this person seems nice. I know their name. Now, if you're listening to this and you you don't live in New Orleans, you might not really know what we're what we're talking about. You might think that we're exaggerating. You might think that we're being big babies. Well, your day has come. And now America gets to experience a little bit of the gumbo jazz infrastructure. Mitch Landrew has been appointed something regarding a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill by President Joe Biden. He is supposed to supervise. He's supervising it. One trillion. I think it was 1.1 trillion dollars. Uh Uh-huh. That, I guess, doling out the money and ensuring that goes to the right projects for infrastructure in america this uh is the first thing i've seen on the internet where everyone came together (laughs) there was no uh, there was no opposition there was no one going well maybe every literally everyone was going hey (laughs) come on this is clown world what are we doing honk honk come on this can't be real I mean, now this does bode well for the residents of Aspen, Colorado. <laughs> Remember when Mitch Landrew just hit out in Aspen because he was unsure of the structural integrity of the city of New Orleans? Yep, that was good. Well, now he's going to have to leave. He's going to go to Acapulco because <laughs> everywhere is about to be screwed. I guess don't worry about it, too. A lot of the infrastructure bill is nonsense. Sure. It's like $10 billion is for roads and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's like $50 billion for water. <laughs> yeah. There's like $30 billion for the internet. You yeah. think Cox is going to get better? <laughs> Do you think people in East New Orleans can't light their water on fire in five years? No. This is... It's almost over. America's almost over. This is the guy who was the head of the Sewerage and Water Board for eight years in mm-hmm. New Orleans. And then it rained, and the water just didn't go anywhere. It wasn't like a catastrophically Noah's Ark type of rain. We're not talking a once-in-a-hundred-year flood. It just kind of rained. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, we haven't done anything. <laughs> For six years and looking at this, uh, maybe the person in charge, you know, the president of the Sewerage and Water Board should answer some of these questions. He's like, oh, well, well, I don't know who that is. Like, well, it was you. He's like, oh, we'll see. Ya. I've got to go to Aspen. Uh, bye, everybody. Uh, this guy 
watched over a city as it declined, uh-huh. fumbled away a post-Katrina uh, possibilities, and everybody's hopes and dreams just kind of, and it's not entirely his fault. It's mostly the citizens that live here. But he's in charge of the infrastructure that has to be among the worst infrastructure in the entire country. Yeah. Why would you pick? It's like if we were picking to have a national basketball team, are we going to pick the coach of the worst team in the country? Are we picking the guy who's the head coach at Prairie View A&M to go be the head coach for Team USA? No, we take Coach K because he wins all the championships. This is the dumbest way to do this imaginable. We need infrastructure in this country. Let's put the mayor of the worst infrastructure in the country to, to run it. That's a great idea. What it, is going on? I don't know. And it's not really in the news, you know, because everybody's, you know, mad about God knows what. What is it this week? Look, man, if if Donald Trump had done something this stupid, people would be would be up in arms about it for weeks. But it's like we're like, eh, whatever, because nobody wants to be mad about it anymore. I don't even care about Joe Biden at all. I have no opinion on Joe Biden. I feel like everybody's like, you know, this let's go Brandon thing. I'm like, I mean, how can you be that mad at Joe Biden? But this is just objectively stupid. I don't think he necessarily picked him, but it's like, this is crazy. It's crazy. This guy sucks at infrastructure and you made him the person to control the infrastructure project. You know, the the experiment of America was a good try. And I just we're just in the declining days. It doesn't really it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, maybe it doesn't. Mayor Pete is the traffic czar. <laughs> I have no opinion on him either. It's like I the people who conservatives despise, I got nothing. I don't I'm not against them. I'm not I don't love any I don't love any politician. I can't think of a single politician who I think I really like. I certainly thought Donald Trump was a moron. Like, it's, they it's, all suck. It's absurd to like a politician. It's like, do you like your principal? <laughs> yeah, do you have the, a t-shirt with the referee on it? Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? But it's like, wouldn't you go to a place where the infrastructure is good? And I don't even know where that place would be. Denver, Colorado has yeah. good infrastructure. Houston, Austin, Texas. Texas. Yeah, Houston. Say, yeah. There seem to be places... Where, you know, there isn't a catastrophic failure all of the time. That everyone knows about. <laughs> everyone knows about. And they're world famous for how shitty their infrastructure is. And instead, this is the guy that you've picked. And maybe Texas is a bad example because of the freeze and stuff. But there are places that are functional. You know, there's, there's places in the Midwest. There's places in the West. These things work. There have to be places that are better than here. In fact... Every place is better than here. Mm-hmm. Maybe the mayor of, like, you know, uh, Toad Fart, Arkansas, perhaps <laughs> perhaps they have worse. Perhaps a dam broke there and it flooded the whole town. Yeah, the sorghum mill it. fell over. <laughs> it took out the wooden bridge. <laughs> we didn't know about it in, you know, horse fuck Arkansas. But there is a place called Toad Suck, Arkansas. <laughs> is there really? Yeah. The, I mean, it's this is just insane. Well, now America gets to, you know, see it. You know, I don't think like Mitch Landrieu is not going to go to 
Bismarck, North Dakota and blow up a bridge or anything. No. He's not dick dastardly. No, he's not like a bad. He's not a like, I don't think he's an intentionally bad guy. I just think he's incompetent. Yeah. This, this money is not going to go where it should. It's uh, nothing is going to happen in New Orleans. Nothing's going to happen in Flint, Michigan. No. Nothing is going to happen anywhere. This is nonsense. Lord knows what kind of hidden incentives are packed into this bill. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we have to put a camera in our home for Amazon? <laughs> Shit, I didn't know that was in the bill. It's going to be something like that. Or like you have to go to jail one day a week. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, but I thought the roads. No, you have to go to jail once a week. Uh, I just... There's no way it's going to do this correctly. It's no. legitimately impossible. It probably was impossible to begin with, and now you've ensured that it's completely impossible. Well, it's it's a five-year uh, plan or bill. I don't fucking know. It's five years, and uh, since Mitch is running it, that means it'll at least go 10 years, which is nice, because it'll still be happening when Donald Trump is the president again in three years. And then, then we can blame Donald Trump in three years, and maybe something will actually get done. Dude, I, I just it, it is uh, it is really baffling uh, decision. Now there are things that Mitchell Andrew can do well, like you know, like make a speech, and you know, like uh, try to sell a vision on certain, th- but like nitty gritty, like move things from point A to point B, like actually getting things accomplished. He has no history of that. It is crazy to think that's the guy who you're going to be putting in charge of that. Absolutely insane. So anyway, uh, that'll take us into a part of the show that doesn't depress the hell out of me. That's right, everybody. Segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Yeah, baby, yeah. Overrated business cards. Yeah, you don't see them that often anymore. I see them all the time. Do you? Oh, because, yes, we're, li- we're in different worlds. I see business cards constantly. I'm handed them. I've never looked. I've never used information off of a business card. I've never been handed a card uh-huh. and then written down what was on it or put it in my phone. <laughs> if I have a number in my phone... It's because I've asked you what your phone number is. Mm -hmm. If I have called you without having done that, it's because I Googled (laughs) your number or have an email from you with a signature on it. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, you know what? Let me take this from the angle of environmentalism. This is killing the planet. Oh, no. It's all the trees. (laughs) That was the thing when we were kids. They were like, the Amazon's getting wiped out. You know, don't eat paper anymore don't use paper anymore <laughs> now no one cares about that no i guess the paper's fine i think we you we have to use less paper as a society than we probably the qr codes are, yeah. are saving the rainforest <laughs> pdfs something like that but the business co- i don't know i feel like at this point it makes you look old and out of touch to flip that thing unless you're putting it in a fishbowl at a chinese restaurant <laughs> Literally I think <laughs> we've progressed past the need for business cards. When you mentioned business cards, I literally think of the fishbowl in front of a restaurant. It's and COVID got rid them. of that. Yeah, it's the only time I see them. Yeah. What are people handing you business cards for? Wheelings and dealings. <laughs> My uh, drug dealer has business cards. <laughs> no. I just can't even think of the last time outside of going to you know a convention or something like that. And even then... 
it's I don't see them all that often. They're so superfluous. Well, the the last convention I went to, everyone's badge had a QR code on yeah. it, and then you would scan that to get their info, and it would like email it to you. Yeah, which makes a lot more sense. Society has progressed past the need for business cards. I'm also not too keen on brochures, envelopes, <laughs> anything else. Also, speaking of envelopes, remember my identity got stolen? Uh-huh. How'd that go? Well, I they said that they didn't want it. They gave it back. But I... I'm already a loser. But I got... That whole thing was set off because I got an envelope from AT&T in the mail. I don't have AT&T. Today, I see the little scan... I get the mail uh-huh. sent to me in my email. They send me a picture of my mail. Oh, I didn't know that. They'll scan thing. your mail and send it to you. I had no idea. And I saw an envelope that said T-Mobile. I was like, oh, God, my identity's been stolen again. <laughs> so I like race home and open it up, and it's like, you've uh, a, you've been accepted for the senior citizen plan <laughs> at T-Mobile. You're 55, right? I was like, Fuck. So does that mean your identity got stolen again? No, I think it just means that I probably lied at CVS and <laughs> said my birthday was, you know, 1969. To try to get beer when, yeah. in, sometime in 1996. I went to yeah. a pornographic website that asked for my age <laughs> when I was, you know, 14, and I typed in that I was from 1900. <laughs> I was born January 1st, 1900. Uh, I had a friend in high school go to the bar with his grandfather's fake ID. <laughs> You're born in 1938. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> like, Thank you, Morris. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, business cards. I think we can all. Uh, I think we can all agree. Do you have an underrated, superfluous, uh, underrated. Uh, the running hat. Mm. So I went somewhere recently. And I went to purchase a a ball cap, and they couldn't. All they had was the traditional, you know, what you're wearing here, either the cotton blend, the polyester, whatever it is. I'm wearing a top hat for it, the listeners at home. <laughs> it's heavy. It sits that the running hat should be that nylon should be the hat that we use as the go-to hat material. Why is it not taken over? The same way that the sweatproof shirt has taken over a lot of the shirt market, why hasn't the running hat become the main hat of the people? I'm confused. I think it might be cost prohibitive. I think it costs the same. That <laughs> you can't find them. It's crazy. So just like the snapback hat, I actually think was better than the fitted hat. Uh huh. And they started. They kind of phased it out. It's very hard to find a snapback hat now. There's either golf hat or it's fitted. So that's gone. And then at the same time, the running hat came along and it's like, well, you know, you sweat through your hat and it always looks disgusting and you've got all these, you know, white marks all over it. Instead of that, now you can have one that's breathable and comfortable and very light. And they just are not available unless you're going to specific things for running and everything for running is not for me. I do like the nylon hat. I like the collapsible hat, like the hiker's hat. Exactly. That's a good hat. Why isn't that the standard? I don't know why it's not the standard. I can tell you from a professional standpoint why it's harder to find those hats. Because the top hat manufacturer that makes those style hats, Richardson, pivoted to make masks as soon as the pandemic started. 
They switched all their factories. It was very hard for them to get textiles. Ah. So they made tons of tons of masks of what they had left when it was time to go back to hats. They were having tons of, uh, the what's the buzzword? Supply chain issues. There we go. Well, you're learning something on this week's Overrated. If you are wearing a Polk and Kush hat right now, it's because (laughs) I made it. I sourced the hat. I know a lot of shit about it. That is true. But I completely agree with you. Love the running hat. It's a great material. I just think America, let's fix our infrastructure and let's change our standard hats. Let's make hats great again. We can just do it, man. You go to these places, you can't find them. It's impossible. I got. Like, I went to the Saints game. There's like 500 Saints hats in the store, and none of them are running. Hats. You might have to go to like REI. Yeah, like why do I need to go to one of those? That's ridiculous. I don't want to go to a store. I can't find this hat I love. It's at this store. I don't want to go there. Okay. <laughs> Give me. Just make the Saints hats in freaking nylon. Why is that hard? I don't know. It's nuts. Come on, guys. I don't need the 16th. They wear the ugliest goddamn hats in the world for the Saints. I like the one you have on, though. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> underrated always turns negative every time. I always just end up more <laughs> pissed off saying I like something, and then it's like, ah, why is this better? Uh, that takes us into my favorite part of every single week on this year's program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. The worst. <laughs> All right, this this story, when I sourced it a couple days ago, had not really blown up. It was on, like, libs of TikTok and some local news. And today it's hitting more of the mainstream as there was a protest and whatnot. Let's get into it. Old Dominion professor battling to destigmatize pedophilia. A transgender assistant professor of sociology and criminology at Old Dominion University has been making the media rounds advocating in support of pedophilia or what they call minor attraction. Uh, No. (laughs) Alan Walker is a transgender female who identifies as non-binary. They also teach at Old Dominion or as they call it, (laughs) non-age specific dominion. In an interview with Protasia, uh, that sounds like what happens if you, you know, have too many hot dogs, a group that advocates for legalizing child sex dolls and argues that pedophilia should be a sexuality on the LGBT spectrum. Walker has said that the term pedophile should be replaced with minor attracted person, also known as MAP. I do not like this for obvious reasons. (laughs) I especially do not like it because my initials are MAP. Uh, My initials are NAMBLA. (laughs) (laughs) They, uh, this, this woman wrote a book on the subject called a long dark shadow, minor attracted people and their pursuit of dignity. The movement is controversial, even among the political left. Uh, yeah. little yeah. update to the story. This, this story was on uh, Libs of TikTok, which uh-huh. is an insane Twitter account that shows you mentally ill people, <laughs> you know, doing the Macarena on TikTok while sure. their pronouns pop up. But some they've ventured out, and sometimes they're just showing people saying insane shit all over the place. 
this was big on there. Today, students at Old Dominion protested, and they were like, hey, we don't, uh, we don't want pedophilia to be part of the LGBT universe. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, the slippery slope argument is that there are slippery slopes, and this is the slipperiest of slopes. Well, that was like the first argument against gay everything, right? was like, what's next? Let's not walk down that road. Yeah, it's like, no, no, no. There's, that's not what's next. It's like, what, were you going to uh, have sex with a panda bear? It's like, no, 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 no. This is not what's going on. It's like, well, what about, you know, little boys? It's like, well, that's not part of it either. It's like, well, no, this guy is trying to connect that. So let's cut that off right at the knees because that is uh, unbelievably dumb. Yeah, and now, like, and Fox date, like, News damaging. is reporting on it Jesus and Christ. all this stuff. Can you imagine, like, the 70-year-old guys sitting in their house being like, they want to bang kids now? <laughs> well, this is... The video is a little more... Uh, it's a little more shocking because... If you're not really paying attention, it just sounds like every HR video now because they're using a lot of that language of like mm -hmm. repressed, oppressed, victimhood. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're talking about the dignity of these people, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's it's victimhood culture and victimhood language being used on something that uh, they're the where, where the perpetrator is certainly not a victim. Did the person say the age that they think is consent? It would be reasonable. There's a website for this group. It's called Protasia. And on there, two of the uh, leaders are convicted sex offenders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have kind of like a, an order of like things that they want to do. And one of them is getting rid of the sex offender registry. Oh, wow. Surprise. <laughs> That's crazy. Because... <laughs> You know, I don't like paying my taxes. I think we should go, uh, get rid of the tax evasion charge. Yeah, that guy on city council, he wants to get rid of drunk driving as a charge. <laughs> or pissing your pants as being a social stigma. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, this is far and away the worst thing I've seen, not just this week, but in quite a while. That's horrifying. That person's a tenured professor? Oh, my God. Of sociology. Yeah, that sounds right. Jesus, what? Yeah. I'm pro-diddling kids. Well, they're at least pro, like, not uh, shaming yeah. people. <laughs> You're, listen. This person says that they are not a pedophile. Oh, of course not. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't come out yeah. and say, hey, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not a clan member. I just think the clan has a point. You know, they got a couple of good points. Uh, dude, what? What? Man, this would be a good episode for our enemies to just cut audio clips <laughs> out of. <laughs> uh, I, I, so this guy is spending his time defending pedophiles. This is a transgender woman. This person is spent. I don't care what gender or sexuality or anything. About anything. If you start spending your days defending pedophilia. Wrote a book about it. Normalizing pedophilia. Yeah. Now, there is a difference between a 16-year-old high school kid banging his teacher, okay, who is like 32, and a 10-year-old getting preyed upon by a priest, all right? These are highly different things. 
if they're like making distinctions like that, then that's one thing. But if you're just saying let's end all of the laws regarding pedophilia, I can't imagine a dumber thing to get behind and spend your life doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you kind of get a glimpse into the mind of a person that would make a video and put it out publicly saying these things as if it's, you know, just clear as day. Just bananas. Yeah. God, that is one. That is legitimately disturbing. I'm sorry to ruin all of your day. So, <laughs> dear listeners, if your kids are going to Old Dominion, <laughs> maybe give them a call. Stop, stop payment on that check. Yep. Oh my! I I feel like we will have an update for this next week. Yeah, this guy, girl, I I can't. I honestly can't remember anymore. That this person is fired. I mean, you just can't. Th- then that's impossible to defend. Impossible. Yeah, you would think so. That is horrific. Uh, what wasn't horrific was this episode. Up until the last four minutes, I was having a great time yelling about everything else. Uh, we love doing this show. You love listening to the show. If you're still with us, you know, an hour plus in, uh, please tell your friends, subscribe, rate, do all of those things. Email us polk and cush at gmail.com, uh, and support all of our wonderful sponsors, DraftKings, Aeon Oak, and of course, Jansen Patagna. We will be back next week with a fresh polk and cush. So please stay with us. Polk and. Gosh. See ya.